0: It is uh, my pleasure to welcome back to the show Becky Rahm with uh, Save the Boundary Waters. Uh, she is kind enough to join us today on what is a big day yesterday, in case you missed the story. U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper basically threw out the, uh, the lawsuit uh, by the Twin Metals Minnesota, and as we should actually call them, Antifagasta, the large international mining conglomerate out of Ch- of Chile, threw out their lawsuit basically writing that the court lacks jurisdiction over two of the twin metals claims and the remaining two failed to state any claims so there is nothing to claim there needless to say it got thrown out this is looking like it might be the end of this 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 farce but still at the same time it is it is good news for sh- for sure becky thank you very much i really appreciate the time
1: Matt, thank you for inviting me on. I'm happy
0: to talk to you. Okay, first of all, uh, talk about this. This was a lawsuit. This is basically, it was a Hail Mary anyway. I mean, when it was described, Twin Metals, uh, when the, the federal government under Joe Biden basically said, no, we're not going to allow these mines to go forward. And as a matter of fact, put a moratorium, I think, of 20 years on this area that we can't even consider this, that they were trying to find some way, they, their argument was, well, we've already put this money in, so we need to actually go ahead with this mine. Uh, it, w- it was a weak argument in the first place, Correct.
1: I think so. Uh, I I felt all along that we had an excellent case uh, to get uh, this lawsuit thrown out. But I want to just say one thing, Matt. Um, this was a big victory yesterday, no question uh, about that, because Twin Metals was trying to get federal mi- mining leases in the watershed of the Boundary Waters. It was trying to push forward with new mining, mining leases in addition to the two that were canceled, and it was trying to get its mine plan moving forward. But all of that is now dead, or now. Mm -hmm. But the real goal that we all seek is to permanently protect the watershed of the Boundary Waters. Yesterday was a step toward that, but we still have a lot of work to do to get Congress and the Minnesota legislature to pass legislation to permanently ban mining in this place.
0: Um, You are up in Ely. Um, you, you see the natural beauty. I was, by the way, I was up in your lovely town earlier this year. I do enjoy Ely quite a bit, uh, and, uh, went up into the boundary waters a little bit myself. The, there still is a lot to work to do because one of the things that's been really interesting I've noticed today, just in some of the responses I've had to posting this story is people coming out saying, well, this is dishonest. It's not in the boundary waters. It's next to the boundary waters. And the first thing I keep saying to myself is, okay, do you guys not understand water, air, and earth and how all this stuff works? It, it just, it's remarkable that, that the amount of people that that feel like you can you can, you know, I guess, you know, burn everything right up to the border and nothing's going to cross over into it. And it just, it's ludicrous. And it shows us we still have a lot of education we have to do here, even in Minnesota.
1: Yes, I think what's confusing for some people is that the water flows north
0: yes. here.
1: The watershed of the Boundary Waters flows to Hudson Bay. Um, this proposed mine was just outside the Boundary Waters in the headwaters of the Boundary Waters along rivers and streams that would have flowed directly into the Boundary Waters heading north. And and it's uh, there's no question but that The science and our experience with hard rock minings around the United States have shown us that all of these mines degrade water quality. And there was no magic solution that was being provided by Twin Metals. But you're absolutely right. It's watershed science. Water flows downhill. In this case, that downhill is north, directly into the Boundary Waters and one of the deposits was immediately adjacent to the wilderness. So it's very close to the wilderness.
0: And and can I ask a question here about mining? I know I'm I know you've been researching this more. The concern I would have is with any mind putting themselves, even if you were outside the boundary waters, you know, kind of the idea of, well, you can go down, but Could you go towards the boundary waters? I understand that they say, oh, well, no, we got some restrictions on that. But, you know, that's kind of how mining is and and, and oil gathering and stuff like that's always gone. It's not just what's right underneath where the well or the mine is. They generally have a tendency of going, you know, in a lot of different directions once they get underground.
1: Well, yes, groundwater also flows. And here the the groundwater flows by fractures and fissures because there were giant uh, glaciers on top of this hard gabbro rock that we have and so the groundwater flows every which way Mm -hmm. but the surface water and oftentimes the groundwater then escapes to the surface but birch lake south kushui river these gorgeous beautiful uh water bodies just outside the wilderness they flow into the wilderness so if you pollute birch lake if you pollute the south kushui river that pollution will flow into the Boundary Waters. And what the Forest Service said was that once the Boundary Waters experiences water pollution, it it w- they will be unable to mitigate it or fix it because it's a wilderness. Mm-hmm. You can't put a water treatment facility on 1,200 lakes mm-hmm. that have no roads to them. It's over. And so that's why it's so important to go outside of the wilderness boundaries and understand how ecosystems work, and how water flows so you can make wise decisions about where you allow this kind of mining.
0: I, uh, By the way, you say that, and I remember some of the early arguments you had from some of these stooges, I'll use the term stooges, that were trying to argue for, well, this is not a big deal. You can still fish. There's plenty of lakes nowhere near this that are going to be fine even if there was a problem. Like, that was a good argument and it's like, you know, it was like, oh, God, you know, it, 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 when you're you're even your own argument is basically hoping that people are stupid to basically get your point across. It's it's not there. But this is as well. It, it should be mentioned in something you and I've taught We talked about before. This type of mining has never been done environmentally safe. So when any mine or any organization or any international mining conglomerate says, this time we're going to be sure, they're lying because it's never been done safe.
1: Right. And, it, and this is unusual because the proposed site for Twin Metals, it's not only immediately upstream of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness, but it's also upstream of Quetico Park, yeah. which is also a wilderness, and it's also upstream of Voyager National Park. And so you have three protected landscapes, really important areas for Minnesotans and Americans that are put at risk for what we understand to be an insignificant amount of copper, nickel, and related minerals, all of which, was reduced to a metal concentrate according to Twin Metals, would be shipped to China for processing. Yep. So it's not even for the United States. Nope. It would go on the world market sold from these processing facilities in Asia.
0: Well, and and that's also part of the problem. Is And I mentioned Antifagasta earlier. It's... We have to stop thinking about this like it's, it's the 18, 1849 with the 49ers. This is not mom-and-pop organizations, you know, a guy that's just coming up here and, you know, with his pickaxe going into the ground. That just doesn't exist. Pretty much the, the, we know who the big players are in international mining, Canadians, Europeans, Uh, Antifagasta, the Chinese, they generally do the same thing over and over again. They create a front company to try to make it look like a mom and pop organization that we're just trying to do this. We're trying to be good Minnesotans when the reality is it's all being controlled. I I think there's just the type of mining here. Isn't it a fair assessment to say that there is no way a really a small town local operation could do something like this, considering the nature of what's required to do this? It has to be an international mining conglomerate, correct? yes yeah so if it's proposed again it just you know start looking about who's funding who at this point because it, i guarantee it's probably not local
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's definitely not local and you're right about the tricks that these companies play but at the end of the day we polluted mine site and polluted downstream waters and land maybe a superfund site uh and twin metals goes bankrupt, its only asset will be a polluted mine site. Mm -hmm. Antifagasta's deep pockets are protected by the way they set up a shell entity that they claim is headquartered in Ely.
0: Well and 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 that is and we should also go back I remember under Tim Palenti he was trying to he was trying to get through and I think he actually if they were able to change this but the oopsie law as I like to call it where he basically said you can't hold a company responsible as long as they come out and say oopsie before you know it's found out and that then that's on the taxpayers and we I remember ripping on him back then saying you know that's a really bad standard that's not something that's a, a really good thing that you really are you're creating just the, you know, we're going to pollute everything, just yell oopsie and then run out the state and then you're off the hook. Uh, You know, there's a lot of elements here that have no problem in destroying the boundary waters and then putting the bill for it to clean it up on the taxpayers of Minnesota. Right, Mm. right. Yeah. The the let you know, and once again Becky Rom joining us. This is the national chair for Save the Boundary Waters. L- let's talk about the future. Right now, we we of course you know Joe Biden has basically said we set us out. I believe it's twenty years where this can't be developed, and so that's good news. But you know that's generally for the most part it's only good as the next president is and the next party of the president and and who's bankrolling that. The uh, you know we we talk about the, these companies that are coming in here you know there this is not over by any means because now that they know that stuff is there there's always going to be this pressure point this this desire kind of similar to what you see up in Alaska with the 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 the, 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 um, the, the natural areas up there where they're trying to get the oil out of the ground that there's always going to be people out there trying to push to develop these areas I- into you know mines or, or 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 wells or whatever the case may be and so this this fight is nowhere near over correct
1: well Uh, It will be over if we can get permanent protection through legislation from Congress for federal lands and permanent protection by legislation through the Minnesota legislature for state lands. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. But you're right. Until then, the boundary waters remains vulnerable, and we have to continue our campaign and our work to try to protect it and make sure that what you're suggesting doesn't happen. Uh, so we're we're working closely with Congresswoman Betty McCollum in Washington, D.C. We have teams uh, that go out to Washington to advocate for the Boundary Waters, regular people, volunteers from Minnesota, many of them from northern Minnesota, virtually every month. And we've been doing that for 10 years, going out there, telling our stories, why this is such a special place that should be protected, why copper nickel mining in the headwaters, is a real and serious threat, what the science says about this, what public health impacts would be about it, what the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and Y campers say about it, you know we are working hard to get the to get legislation passed, and if that there is a single message from this call, I would say, help us to everybody in Minnesota, keep it up. We need to get legislation passed. so as you say, Matt, the next president. Donald Trump comes back into power, doesn't try to wipe out the protections that we finally achieved uh, just this past year with the Biden administration.
0: God forbid. Well, can I ask you a question? This is this might be a little off topic here, but kind of just and I don't know if you're if you know the the nuances of this. Uh, The Voyagers is a national park. Boundary Waters Canoe Area, for the most part, is not. It's uh, it's a a wilderness area. If if were someone was to upgrade this into a national park status, would that be the end of it right there? No. No, we're not. So
1: wilderness is actually a higher status than parks. Uh, uh, Wilderness is like a zoning overlay that goes over national parks, national forests, uh, uh, wildlife refuges, and BLM lands. And it takes it to a level where uh, it is to remain untrammeled by men. Uh, So we have more protection. We have uh, as much protection for this wilderness area itself as is, a, is possible under U.S. law. The Boundary Waters is also protected because it has this very special classification under the Clean Water Act that prohibits any water quality degradation in the Boundary Waters. Having said that, it doesn't protect the lands and waters immediately outside the wilderness, uh, either under the Wilderness Act or under the Clean Water Act. And yet, what happens at, when you step outside the wilderness will impact what happens inside the wilderness when you're talking about a large industrial activity. And so we, that's why we have to really upgrade the headwaters of the boundary waters, make mining off-limits in the entire headwaters of the boundary waters permanently.
0: The can I ask one question and and I I don't want to, I don't want to upset you because I'm I'm going to propose something here but I think I already know what the answer is going to be so I'll just I'll, let me say this say we allowed mining to happen but we put in airtight ironclad rules that said no more LLCs that Antofagasta or any international mining conglomerate that wanted to do this was responsible for any cleanup of the mess that they created that there was no way that they could get out of it. Would any of them even offer to, to try to build a mine anymore, or would would that be an admission? Well, there's no way we can do this because we're not going to keep it clean, and it would cost us far more than we'd ever get out of the ground to you know clean up any mess we made. So, would that pretty much end it right there? Any kind of discussion about this in the future?
1: I don't think so, man. And no. the reason I say that is it misses the point of what uh, of the of the risk and damage to the boundary waters. It's not that there can't be enough money to clean it up. It's that it can't be cleaned up.
0: Okay.
1: So we have a very unique uh, water chemistry up here. It is uh, extraordinarily vulnerable because it's low in base compounds and alkaline. And so when you put acid from acid mine drainage into the waters of the boundary waters, the pH drops quickly and aquatic life dies. Aquatic life as we know it. The boundary waters is 24% water. So to say we want your deep pocket so you can fix it when you're all done doesn't really fix it when they're all done. It cannot be fixed. It's a very unusual place. Mm -hmm. And the only way to achieve our policy objective of keeping this as a pristine wilderness and keeping the water quality utterly clean is to say no to mining in the upstream waters, the watershed of the boundary waters. It really is the only scientific and policy answer to the problem.
0: In the perfect answer for that question, Becky. Thank you very much on that. Becky Rom is the national chair for Save the Boundary Waters. Uh, if people, I mean, obviously, once again, the fight's you know not over. We want to preserve this. Want more people, and we clearly need to educate some more people, as I said. Well, no, I don't think this is how it works. Uh, so we obviously, your message is still relevant, and in and, and making a donation to I be mean, parting of our organization is still very relevant. So you know, if people would like to get more information about you, make a donation, become part of your group, how do they do that?
1: They should go to our website, savetheboundarywaters.org. We run uh, a very large national campaign. More than 400 businesses, conservation groups, and hunting and fishing groups belong to our coalition. Uh, But we we started the coalition. We run the coalition, and and the home place for this big effort is savetheboundarywaters.org. So uh, do get information from our website. Become a supporter of our organization. We have our big annual Boundary Waters Gala at the Nicolet Island Pavilion on Wednesday, September 20th. We're thanking the Forest Service for being such a great partner in protecting the Boundary Waters. So do think about coming to our gala. Oh. And you can find out information about the gala on our website.
0: Savetheboundarywaters.org. Savetheboundarywaters.org. I will post a link to it on all the social media sites later on. Uh, Becky Rom, the national chair for Save the Boundary Waters. Becky, congratulations on the win. A lot of hard work by you and your crew. Congratulations on that. And thank you very much for, for, for doing everything you're doing to save northern Minnesota. Thank
1: you, Matt. I appreciate being on your program.